Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home. Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode of Men for the Win, Dan and I discuss the proposal put forth by MLB owners regarding the shortened 2020 season. We talk about whether the World Series victory will seem any less sweet after a shortened season, and we'll talk also about expanded rosters. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kufis, and with me as always is Dan Thompson. We're all starving for baseball as the COVID-19 crisis continues across the globe, but there is some hope. There is potential baseball will be played soon, uh, not with fans in the stand, mind you, but even uh, potentially in home stadiums. Dan, are you getting excited? How are you feeling? Do you think this is actually going to happen? I feel like one of those cardboard cutouts behind the Korean home plate, don't you? Absolutely. Just, I'm ready. I mean, wouldn't that be the, that would be great. Like if they could make us a cardboard cutout, maybe, maybe we can, oh, could that be a season ticket holder perk for the twins? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll contact my season ticket holder rep. It'll be great. Yeah. Could that be, I mean, that's probably one of the top tens, right? You get to pick every year. It should be. It very well should be. I'd be on board with it for sure. Perfect. No, I'm excited. I, you know, I, if only they would let the players have a say, maybe they'll let them decide whether they want to go out there or not. Well, I think they, I mean, that's what, why it's being presented to the union, right? It's not like the players are forced to play. They're not. I just, I read some of the, the articles saying that the owners have approved this and it's like, it's like the players weren't consulted first. It's kind of like when Congress, when one of the houses passes something and then they blame the other one for not passing it. That's what I feel like we're getting into here. But well, I mean, it, it's the start of the negotiations, right? Like, I don't think the owners put this agreement forth and we're like, oh, certainly the players will just rubber stamp this and we'll start playing baseball. Well, that's true. That's true. But yes, it is a starting point. Um, and I guess in some sense they have to decide. I don't know. I guess they'll decide when they decide. But but if they want to hit that early July start, then uh, they best uh, they best get moving, I guess, here. Well, I mean, they have two weeks and really it all comes down to money, right? Like. Every player can talk oh, yeah. about their health and safety all they want, but we all know what this is actually about. They want to make sure they get their money, and I'm not blaming them. I'm not chastising them. I'm not saying they shouldn't be concerned about how much money they're being paid. But don't paint it as, oh, it's the health and safety, health and safety. No, everybody's worried about the dollar. Sure. That's, yeah, that's how sports are. Yeah, so as far as the salaries are concerned, I mean, that's really where the argument comes down. It looks like the, the initial offering has a split between owners and players. And the players are not on board with that because what could happen is you're kind of putting into place a salary cap of sorts and players are worried that could springboard then into a salary cap as we move forward. Are they right to be fearful of that or what are your thoughts on that? Well, again, from what I've read um, from some of the player reactions, at least that we've seen on Twitter and then on other news articles, is that they're just annoyed that they already negotiated some of this earlier. And, and um, it says, you know, they already took salary cuts earlier and that they feel like this is just another way to to degrade their negotiating position. So I, I do understand that. I also wonder how how much revenue is going to be known here. Are, are they going to go back and look and say, can they get more out of 
the networks, the TV networks and things like that. Um, because if you don't have fans in the stands, that's a whole lot of money that those stadiums aren't generating for their teams. I was actually, I was shocked when I saw the breakdown of how much money usually comes from gates. Like I knew that it would be a significant portion, but the, I mean, upwards of 40, 50% is coming from gate fees and from concessions and whatnot, I would not have guessed it'd be that high. And I think that's pretty different from other leagues, right? Because of the revenue sharing that other leagues like the NFL have. It, well, exactly. And and I mean, the whole structure is so different in other sports. Yeah, and there's so many more games, right? So the teams in baseball can have a little bit more control, perhaps, over that. I think there's still a lot of obstacles, you know, as these different states decide when they are going to open for sports. And obviously it's tricky if say a team is going to go to California, which I believe has a later current opening, right? I think it's somewhere in the fall. They, yeah, they at least through July is what I read last. Right. And so then, well, what do the angels do if they're going to host say even one of their divisional rival teams? If um, you know, let's say the Rangers are going to come over and play. Well, how does that work? Does that work? Do they have to just play in Texas until, you know, until August comes around and then they can play their series in Los Angeles? There's just so many of those um, layers of, and I don't mean this in a a derogatory way, but just bureaucracy, right? We have just have different governments making different decisions for their own states. And then we have the union and then we have the owners. There's just so many players here that, that normally we don't have to deal with these questions, right? Because it's all kind of worked out in a normal way. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that California is the one with the latest date so far because they have so many dang baseball teams. Well, and and then doesn't that seem to give some value and merit to the three-site system that had been talked about, too, with Arizona, Texas, and Florida each hosting 10 teams? Absolutely. At some point, the logistics of not having to deal with all of the states, but just dealing with three states, seems to really carry a lot of practical value, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And you take away those questions for those teams that may not be able to play in their home ballparks. And as far as home field advantage with no fans, is it really home field advantage? I mean, I get that you get to sleep in your own bed and that probably that probably plays a big part. And you're, you're where you're comfortable. I guess maybe I'm talking myself out as I'm talking about this here. But yeah, so I suppose guys would well, want to play in their home park. But it takes it away. It's an even playing field for everybody. Yeah, I don't know how much of the actual baseball is impacted like that because so much of baseball is the momentum, right? The, the fans being on their feet. Um, when a pitcher, an opposing pitcher has got a bases loaded jam, right? I mean, that's a different situation um, if there's no fans there to be able to create that atmosphere. I, I think the atmosphere part will certainly not be the same. And I'm even be curious if this does happen, what are those splits going to look like? Is it Are we going to learn that home field advantage is perhaps different than what we thought it was? Well, I mean, not if you're the Astros. <laughs> right. You know, they've been forgotten in all this, haven't they, huh? Oh, man. Uh, no, I don't think that they've been forgotten. I don't think those jokes are going to stop anytime soon. Well, yeah. they seem to have stopped for now, right? I'm sure they'll they'll come back. They'll come back up, oh, right? As soon as baseball starts, like, as much as the Astros are hoping, people are just excited about having baseball back. The signs are coming out. The trash can banging's coming out. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be this thing that just goes away because because people are happy that there's baseball again. Yeah, the trash can banging would be a little bit more obvious now, I guess, in an empty stadium. That's what's so fun about the Korean baseball watching, right? Because you can hear you can hear everybody in the in the dugout cheering. They really got to watch their language, I would think. Of course, the Korean leagues, I don't know the curse words. But oh, I thought in, everyone in was fluent in Korean curse words. Is that not? So oh, I, 
Is it, is you're it pretty me? unique in that. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. just like people who don't know how about the soccer relegation system. Yes, right? there's probably you know what is that a Venn diagram? There? A shout out to our one Twitter follower who uh, <laughs> made a comment, and of course, the first comment that we get on our Twitter feed is correcting me. So it's the first of many, I hope. Well, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> I I do like this divisional concept though, and the proposal that that we're talking about is that the AL Central teams would play each other as well as the NL Central teams, and I I think that that's I love interleague play. I've been a big proponent of interleague play after I complained about it when it first came out. I was a 12-year-old boy, I think, when it came out. So I, I feel like my, my perspective has perhaps improved. But how cool would it be if, you know, the Twins could play host to the Cubs and then we can't actually go to the stadium and watch them play them? I mean, like, won't they be fun? That's the most heartbreaking part about it, isn't it? I mean, you're going to see... T- and granted, do we really care about the Reds? Maybe, maybe a little bit, I guess. But the Cubs, more than anything, seeing the Cubs and the Cards come to town... I mean, the Brewers come every year, so that's not really a treat. But seeing those teams that only come once every five years to the stadium or so, it's just, oh, that'd be so epic. And yeah, to your point, it's so stupid that they're going to be there and we're just going to have to watch from our couches and be like, well, so good to see the Cubs play the Twins on. Yeah, but they'll be in the stadium at least so we can we can have those video memories, I suppose. And again, our cardboard cutouts, David, we'll see that. <laughs> yes, right? it'll be great. They'll be right there for us. Um, I, I do find that proposal interesting and a, and a pretty balanced way to do things right it's it seems like it's an easy way to balance your schedule and then to what we talked about a, a podcast or two ago then you have really these interesting playoff situations where these teams haven't even faced each other yet from other divisions and how exciting would that be if there's no matchups between the twins and say the athletics who will inevitably win the west wow wow did i say that i don't know i just came up with it boldly it's That's, probably going to be the Astros, right? I think the Astros certainly have a shot. I, I mean, the A's will have a shot. I would think more of the wild card than actually winning the West, but that's a maybe another conversation for another but, day. But don't the A's always do this? They always seem to just show up. Like last year, they were like a were they a ninety win team? I could yeah, probably look these I, things up. I, I don't quite understand how they do it either because you, you never really think about them, right? Like when you're thinking about teams in the postseason, you never think, oh yeah, and then the A's. Like I, they always seem to slip the mind, and I don't know why that is, but. I would agree with you that it does seem like they're easily forgotten. Yeah, 97 wins last year. 97 wins. I mean, That's so many wins. It's not as many as we had, but, you know, who's counting? Well, you know, exactly. So I, I do I do like that proposal. Do, do you like the regional concept? Uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. And honestly, I, I never really thought that way when we were talking about potential ways for the season to take place. And we had talked about playing all of your games within the AL Central. So I... It honestly had never even occurred to me to talk about working in NL teams because that seemed too counterintuitive to what baseball normally is. But I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. And yeah, some people are going to be upset about the DH rule. It's going to be a little bit different mindset for managers and players to, to deal with in the NL. But they're big boys. They know how to play baseball. They know how to play with or without the DH. I think so too. And I think it will be that experiment of the universal DH finally happening. I think it's inevitable that the NL will adopt it at some point here. Um, it just seems to make sense for the players. But well, yeah, but know, how, how many? If... Real quick though, how how long have people said that? That oh yeah, the NL will come to the DH eventually here. Well, that's a good point, David. Um, but I think when's their next collective bargaining agreement up? I, I think it'll probably fit into something like that. It could. So, do you think more players want the DH? I think so, because you can expand careers, right? Nelson Cruz could have double the career prospects if there were a DH in the NL. That's true, but I think right now we're pretty thankful that he doesn't. 
<laughs> no, I agree. Quite quite happy about that. Think of yeah. Miguel Sano in ten years. Yeah. Um, uh, but try, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, <laughs> Miguel ten ten years. <laughs> no. All right, fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, really? Fine. Yes. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> what I thought. It was too hot. It was too low of a number. Yes. My my apologies. Miguel is going to play into his forties. He's going to be he's going to be a Hall of Famer, David. Him and Eddie Rosario. Okay. So first of all, we should add this to the bets here, and this is a long term one. But Miguel Sano in the Hall of Fame playing until he's forty. Is that what I heard, or did I make up the Hall of Fame part? Well, I I said it. Um, I'd like to think I said I said it in in, in hopeful jest. <laughs> Hopeful. Maybe jest. that's maybe that, that's another conversation. The, the book is likely... actually called Infinite Jest. If you remember the title here. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go with Hopeful Jest. It'll be all my predictions for the Twins players. You should you should honestly write a book, Hopeful Jest. I think people would get a kick out of that. Hopeful Jest. Speaking of Twins players and animals named after them, Byron <laughs> Buxton, our cat. Yes. He's an orange tabby. And I was opera. I was because I'm officing in, in our bedroom, right? Because that's the space that I've got. And I walked by our entrance probably, I don't know, a dozen times before I noticed that there was a dead mouse right next to the bedroom door. And I didn't notice till about 11 o'clock. Well but done. Apparently, Byron, I know, but overnight he had killed one and just left it there as a prize for us. Absolutely. It's a gift. It's a gesture. It's, it was like he was tracking down a home run ball in center field and he reached up over that's actually not like this no at all no not even it's not, not even a little bit but congratulations to byron the cat um who Thank has you. made catches more recently than byron buxton so what are you gonna that do that was nice yeah. yeah very good yeah and he's still healthy right he's, he's still got he's going strong all four paws are you sure did you check the shoulder the shoulder can be a problem area now the shoulder's good he's got he's got good hops right now you should see him jump on top of our recycling bin from the ground, it's incredible. From the ground. So so back to the realignment here. I think it's great. I'm excited. I hope it actually happens. And if they can get in 80 games, like I know some people are still optimistic that they're going to get 100 games in by doing more doubleheaders and off days. No, come on. Let's, not, let's be smart about this. We're not going to get everything we want. If we can get 80 games when you're playing the Central, the AL Central and the NL Central, I am 100% on board. I am too. I don't think they need to make... A big effort to try to get more baseball games in. I a game a day with an off day every now and then to catch our breath. That's plenty, right? I mean, I think we're going to get a clear picture of the division winners because they're going to be playing the same teams more often, and they're all going to play those same teams, right? It's not like we're going to have really any variation in the schedule. I wouldn't think so. I, I think we'll have very interesting regular seasons, and then that will make for I would think very close pennant races in pretty much all these divisions you got to think at least a couple teams will be competitive for those oh i i think um, it'll then, be i think it'll be a three or four team race in each division potentially and and that'll be fantastic right it'll be it'll be kind of like the standings look you know in late june right yeah, where yeah. there's there, it's more clustered and so a slow start's going to hurt a team more but at the same time it's going to it's going to be fun if that happens it's going to be a lot of fun yeah you do wonder if a slow start team if they're going to be able to to really be able to get up for games knowing how short the season is. Like you can't say, Oh, you know, it's just one out of 162 live another day. It's no, that was, that game is, is twice as important as it was last season. Definitely. And so I I think it'll be interesting to follow plus more interesting playoffs. So it it can make for something really quite interesting. How long are they talking about maybe the playoffs extending? Was it into November? It would have to be because if they, they want 14 teams, I think is the deal. Mm-hmm. which is, I um, think it's still too many, but I mean, I'd be fine. I, I, Sorry, I think ahead. so too. It's, it, it, 
it gets pretty cold in November. I I don't really want to see baseball deep into November. Oh, I don't but I don't care time, I don't care nearly as much about the weather as I do just the the competition. Make the regular season matter again. True. I, I have that I want... embroidered on a red hat that I wear around. <laughs> People get very offended. <laughs> Make the regular season matter much more in baseball. It doesn't quite fit on a no, hat. Sorry. David, think... Make the regular season great again. Is that better? That would be better. Yep. Uh, make sure it's nice and red. Nice and, and red hat, work. white lettering. I'm sure nobody, that won't offend anybody. So Not at all. Not at all. It seems a little silly that you have 14 teams making the postseason. This isn't basketball. This is baseball. That is a lot. That is a lot. But at the same time for, well, could, could you not even just do six? You could have the division winners and three wild cards. You could still do it pretty similarly. I think really what baseball wants is they want to try out this other format that they proposed before all of this, right, with the seven teams per, and just to see what it looks like. It seems, again, if we're going to do a trial run of the DH, you could build in and say, this is a trial run for the playoffs. We'll see how that goes, and then we'll take player feedback afterwards, and then they can take that back to any negotiations going forward. So what what is this breakdown? How does this work then again, as far as for the 14 teams? As I understand it, you have a buy for the top team, mm-hmm. and then you have three other short series for the other six teams so you get kind of a buy if you're the top seed gotcha um and i believe it would be a best of three series for those first round matchups followed then by perhaps a five or a seven i'm not sure what they've worked out exactly for this deal but i know that 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 was part of the the idea before this was proposed back in what january february perhaps Mm -hmm. even so i don't know i i don't necessarily i mean it looks like football is going that way too right with the 17 playoff you know the idea again you get more teams in and it's just to to your original point it's more revenue i hate what they're doing and i hate to have so many teams make the postseason especially when like we were talking about these games there's very high potential that you're going to have teams that are very close and all of a sudden those races may not matter as much, especially if we're talking about neutral sites, which I guess we don't know that yet, but it seems very possible. Yeah, so many unknowns. So many unknowns at this point, too. But again, maybe maybe there aren't even fans then anyway. I, just what an interesting experiment this is all going to be. Uh, yes, it will be. I mean, I think we're, we're just happy that there's baseball, right? I mean, that's what really matters. It matters that there'll be baseball. It'll be watchable. And we can cheer for the Twins. And that's just what we want to do, Dan. We want to watch baseball and we want to cheer for the Twins. Are you not cheering for the LG Twins? I am all about the LG Twins. I actually put a little patch on one of my Twins hats that says LG Twins on it now. It's perfect. Perfect. They should be selling those in Minnesota, shouldn't they be? This is a I'd great buy opportunity. One. Absolutely, I'd buy one. So as far I don't as, know. As far as the realignment is concerned, how does this impact the Twins' postseason chances? Obviously, again, it's going to come down to probably the, the Cubs, Brewers, and Cards are probably going to factor pretty greatly into the postseason race and push here. And the Reds have made efforts to improve their lineup, Correct. too. Yes, they, they have, have high hopes. Yes, they, they've definitely made some moves to be relevant. So really, it's only the Pirates. So, I mean, truthfully, I mean, we can pretty much count out the Tigers, the Royals, and, and the Pirates. So you got those, you got the White Sox, the Indians, and us, along with the, it'd be the Cubs, the Reds, the Brewers, and the Cardinals. Not all four of those teams are going to be good. Not going to happen. You wouldn't think so, but that division, it seems like every year there's about four teams with 85 wins to 75 wins, and they're all just duking it out at the end. I think it it won't really 
affect the Twins' chances that much. I think you've got good quality teams there. You know, there's nobody that's probably perhaps awful. I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't see that as being really a factor because you're going to end up with a division winner anyway. And everybody's going to play the same teams. Um, you're going to end up with divisions that maybe are not going to be up. You won't be able to compare records perhaps from the AL Central winner to the AL East winner perhaps as easily. And I'd be curious to see how they would seed those things in the playoffs. But I don't know that it affects the, the competitiveness of the Twins too much this year. So I guess looking at the at the way that the divisions finished last year, especially in the, in the NL Central, who obviously were less familiar familiar with cards finished with 91 wins the brewers with 89 cubs with 84 the reds with 75 and the pirates with 69 it's so hard david year on year unless you're the marlins <laughs> or or the orioles right you could you could be better even uh, or maybe the padres right the padres haven't been relevant in a while yeah i mean well but they are they will be right i mean after the machado signing and the way that that team's starting to to attract other players they'll they'll be relevant before before the decades up certainly i would think maybe i'll trade the padres after the tigers uh, sorry ron yes. Gardner higher <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, that man's got to retire. Just go home, smoke some cigars, do what you want to do. But what He's the nicest person, right? Does anybody dislike Ron Gardner here? I assume umpires aren't a huge fan, but almost everybody else certainly. Did he get really thrown out of games a lot more than most managers? I don't know how much more often, but he certainly seemed more angry than most. I guess so. I do mean, you ever like do you ever just want to just kick dirt on the on the plates like that? All the time. Okay, here's the thing though. Let's just do a side by side of Gardy going up to an ump and Rocco going up to an ump. It's like it's like Rocco, you would think he was courting the ump to go on a date. Uh, well, but... that's probably the better method, right? If you want if you want a beautiful girl to go out with you, David, do you go up angry? Or do you go up kind of gentle and kind? Do you, I mean, do you, flirtatious? how much do you buy in to the whole managers getting tossed thing? I mean, I just, I do not care. Like I get that they're upset, but it's a show. We all know it's a show. You may actually be upset, but the only reason you're playing it up the way it is is so you can try and fire up the team or the ump or whatnot. And who does it, does it work? Is it helpful? I I don't know. You know, we need data on that, David. I don't know. Pass. That that can be found, right? The boost. The, the play. I bet Rocco has that data. That's probably why he's he's so kind. It would be interesting, I guess, because you'd, you'd look at the number of times a manager was thrown out, what the run differential was at the time that the manager was thrown out, and whether the team won the game, and how many runs on average they accrued post the tossing of the uh, manager. These are good questions, David. They're not. Again, no. I'm sure Rocco Baldelli has an answer. <laughs> Maybe. It could be. But so, yeah, as far as as far as far let's get back to the standings here and the what we think the season could finish like. I, I know it's a little bit up in the air, and it will be interesting seeing teams play each other who haven't played each other a lot previously. I think the Twins definitely have a shot to end up on top. Surely. Yeah, so clearly the makeup... For the regular season games will be a little bit more interesting and it'll be fun to see those teams. Hopefully the Twins will end up on top as we thought they would of the Central anyway, playing their regular season schedule. So now with the adapted schedule, I do think that I think the Twins still have a pretty good shot, I would think, to win the division, assuming the the dreaded White Sox aren't really on our tail as the White Sox fans would have you believe. Well, and wouldn't it be fun, you know, I know they're going to keep the two different divisions, but wouldn't it be fun to kind of have also in the standings? A ten-team division, it would feel like the '80s or something like that all over again. Well, or With like all the, those teams, yeah, and like the way that NHL would do things, where they, you know, they'd have just the eight straight teams, and then you just have, you know, you just needed to be in that top eight. I, I really, right. I mean, that made it a lot of fun, and you didn't have to worry about who was in and who was out. You didn't have any math to do, right? Isn't that really what the NBA does now, anyway? 
do they really even bother with divisions? I know they have them, but I, it feels like it feels very useless. Honestly, you could the skip NBA. the season in the NBA and you could just have the four teams that everybody knows is going to make it to the conference finals and call it a day. There's no reason to have the regular season in the NBA anymore. Well, with this baseball, so I'm curious how that will affect then the view of the World Series winner because it will be this modified season. Will we get an asterisk? next to the asterisk of the last season. <laughs> oh, Dan, you got to stop. Um, you just, I yeah. thought that was a good one. Dan. Yes, brilliant. I'm sorry. I, I bow to your genius. I guess that's the question, right? So here's my take on it. If I'm a Twins fan and the Twins win the World Series this year, I'm certainly going to say that the Twins won the World Series. I'm a Twins fan. If another team wins the World Series, I probably won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that it. I think it's still pretty legitimate for a couple reasons. First, you're still going to probably play an 80-game season. You still will have clearly been then the best team in your division. And then you'll still have to get to the playoffs, where even if you're playing three-game series, that still requires you to have three good starting pitchers and to get through a three-game series. Yes. And then you're still going to end up playing, you know, the best teams. So I, I think that it's still legitimate. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Part of, I, I think the best comparison most recently is is with LeBron winning with the Heat. And it is a little bit sad that his first championship came on a shortened season. But I don't know, I don't think anybody looks at that and really makes the argument that it didn't count. I mean, the Heat were clearly the better team. As long as the team that wins wasn't, you know, a fringe wildcard team that got hot at the right time, I think then there might be some questions asked. But if it's a team that shows themselves to be the better team throughout the season, and who was strong throughout the season, yeah, I don't know how many questions will be asked. And I don't even know, you know, looking back at the, the NHL shortened season um, of 2013-2014, I don't much know that people look at that title differently either yeah so i i I think that i think it will be seen as legitimate um but still unique right i think you know this is still going to be a unique situation yeah it was the blackhawks by the way who won the 2013 (laughs) cup they Uh, won some other ones anyway so um yeah who cares silly blackhawks nobody nobody likes the blackhawks anyway yeah so okay so we're, we're in agreement that we think the world series does count um unless it's the twins who don't win it in which case uh in which case right it was just a shortened season come on this was basically a scrimmage guys let's not make it out to be more than it is with this adaptation and the shortened season expanded playoffs here that also means most likely expanded rosters which potential for excuse me with potential for taxing squads so instead of having the minor league teams to pull from you just have this basis of of players that you can pull from what do you uh you you feel bad for the guys who aren't going to be able to play in those minor league games and man, those spots on the taxi squad are going to seem uh, worth their weight in gold, certainly. Well, the Twins will probably save some money on flying to and from Rochester, that's right? So that's good. Yeah. Um, we'll see more of Jake Cave, thank goodness, right? <laughs> I mean, he'll he'll make the team, I assume, if the if the roster is expanded, don't you think? I would think so too, and and Wade as well. So I, I I think that it settles some of those questions, or maybe just shifts the uncertainty toward those extra spots, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to give teams more depth, and I, I think it's going to be a good thing. And maybe it's a nice trial run to say, what does it look like? Again, when you've got an, a few extra roster spots, and maybe the union will look at that and say, hey, you know, do we want to even push for this a little bit farther down or find some other way to grow those rosters or to somehow make some adaptation out of this that's actually quite useful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would really love the idea of them expanding the rosters any more than they're already expanded. I like the I like the size that they are currently, and I think with that in mind, I don't know that we want players being taken away from where they can play every day to where they're going to be forced to sit on the bench a lot of the times and only make spot starts. And that makes sense because I, I do think 
that's always a reason that they give that managers will give or GMs will give is that they want a guy to play. So you don't want to have a, a hugely expanded roster. I just do wonder what, you know, they're going to need that, but what happens if a bunch of guys get hurt? Are, are we going to, are they going to have to make exceptions to some of these rules? You know, I, I, there are teams that suffer a lot of injuries in any given season, right? So, you know, what's that going to look like? And if you don't have a, a minor league system that's really operating, what do you do? What do you do if, if a bunch of guys get hurt? Or maybe we'll just realize that players maybe aren't as hurt as they might be. Ooh, say, on the Dodgers roster. Ooh, my goodness. Well, remember when the Dodgers are doing that and they're they're putting pitchers on the DL and then they're bringing them in. I just, some of that can go away. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I would agree. I think I think we're on the same page here that I, I would rather have a guy at AAA playing every day than, than being sitting on the, uh, than being sat on the major league bench. Um, Definitely. So I, one other note here, just about the way the minor league system works. If you've been watching the uh, the Jordan documentary at all, the Last Dance, it's been interesting to watch the the episode that focused that focused on him being in baseball for a bit there, and just how they they put him at Double A because it was the only stadium that could meet the meet the necessity for the media because they oh they, that's funny they I couldn't put that. it anywhere else they had to put him at double a because that was the only place that could hold enough media to cover michael jordan playing baseball but what's amazing to me is when you got guys like terry francone t- saying that he would have made the majors if he stuck with baseball a, a guy that old entering the minor league system making it to the majors i mean michael jordan is michael jordan and that's pretty impressive i mean granted i think tim tebow could do it a little bit better than jordan could <laughs> Did you just compare Michael Jordan to Tim Tebow with a straight face? Yes. Do you hear me laughing? Does this sound like a straight face to you? Um, well, I'm just looking at, at Michael Jordan's stats. He batted 202. Yeah, in 202 is a guy who didn't play professional baseball at all and played a double A. Come on. That's impressive. That's true. 436 at bats, three home runs, 51 RBI, 30 stolen bases. Back, right? This was back when teams stole bases. Well, yeah, and again, uh, Terry said that had had Michael had 1500 at bats, he had no doubt that he'd be in the majors. So if you he got hit by a pitch four times, what must it have been like to to be able to say that you plunked Michael Jordan <laughs> in Double A? That's a piece of trivia. I gotta find who those guys. Would you rather have? Would you rather have? Struck out Michael Jordan, given up a home run, or hit Michael Jordan? Ooh, I think I would have liked to have struck him out, right? (sighs) He struck out 114 (laughs) times. There's more of them, though. So maybe the hit by pitch, and to say, you threw a baseball and it hit Michael Michael Jordan in the back. Well, and really, is it all that impressive if you're a player coming up in the system who's been playing baseball your whole life, you struck out a guy who had been playing professional basketball for the last 10 years? Good point. Yeah, it's kind of like striking out Tim Tebow. (laughs) Exactly. I do think that's funny. I I just kept thinking about that, though, when I was watching the documentary and be like, well, Tebow is trying the same thing. But obviously, the media circus around Tim Tebow is absolutely nothing compared to what it was for Jordan, as as it should have been. I mean, Jordan obviously is a exponential how much more fame he had at that time than Tim Tebow has now. But it, it's just a fun comparison to make to see a guy trying to switch sports later in life. Sure, right, not like Bo Jackson, right? Well, yeah, he came up playing them both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. I mean, you do wish you could see that nowadays where the guys play. I mean, you, you can't, right? Like, I mean, guys need to be so specialized nowadays and so up in just their one area of expertise but how cool would it be I mean, to see a guy playing two sports i mean just like romo playing i was golf thinking of eddie rosario oh. i don't know about why, you why eddie, always always with eddie rosario Ugh. 
He could he could play a mad left. I don't know left something. I'm not sure what a uh, left something. Okay, just I'm I'm very curious. Well, Can you please finish this thought for me here? Eddie Rosario plays left field a, for the a Twins. Left winger, but I think I think I'll probably have to go with like a wide receiver, or a cornerback. But think a left Miguel wide Sano. receiver. Miguel Sano could be a left tackle, right? Think of him protecting Kirk Cousins' blind side. That'd be better than just about anybody else we've had the last couple of seasons. Well, I teed that one up for you. Didn't it, I? it was too easy. Well, hopefully we'll have some news here, Dan, coming soon. We'll have some something permanent in the news that will tell us that baseball is on the horizon. Until then, we just sit and wait, uh, anticipating baseball. I would love to see some baseball. Hopefully they can do it safely. And uh, and again, those cardboard cutouts, David. Get on the get on the phone with our rep. <laughs> I'll, I'll give Andrea a call. Sounds good. <laughs>